What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Big day in college football in the Big Ten. If you want to uh, get the latest info, if you like the podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, Amazon, Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, leave a review, and leave comments. I want your feedback. Shoot me an email, Big10FootballTalk at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Huge game in the Big Ten today. Huge game that determined a lot of different things. Maryland and Rutgers, people. It was on at noon, Big Ten Network. I bet you were watching it. Maryland won 37 nothing. No one's surprised. That was one of the games I got right. But that's not where I'm going to start because obviously that wasn't the game of the week, of the year. But the the game of the week, the game of the year in the Big Ten, maybe the game of the year in just the national landscape, was the game, Ohio State versus Michigan. And I'm just going to cut to the quick here. Michigan is Ohio State's daddy. Like, it's it's, it's changed. The, The... the trajectory of the rivalry has entered a new season. Now, last year, obviously, Michigan won the game in Ann Arbor, and it was it was close-ish. I mean, it was a fifteen-point win, but you know they battled back and forth, and you know Ohio State was within one score late in that game. But it was like, oh, wow, Michigan won the game for the first time in, you know, 10 years. Now they're going back to Columbus. There's this revenge factor, all these different things. Big game. It, uh, you know, everybody's there. Everybody's watching it. And Michigan pants them on national television. And Ryan Day is now 1-2 and two in the rivalry. Jim Harbaugh's won two in a row. J.J. McCarthy, like, in all honesty, is probably going to go 3-0 and in the rivalry game. Because I don't see Ohio State winning next year. Because they're losing a lot of guys. And I'm not sure they're going to be a field, be able to field a competent offensive line. And Michigan gets Donovan Edwards back. They get... A lot of their receivers back. They get a, at least a couple of their offensive linemen back. Not everybody, but uh, they get a lot of their defensive guys back. Like, I don't know. Like, this, this felt like such a big game for Ohio State to take, to, to kind of reinforce that they were the ones that owned the rivalry. And not only did they fail, but they failed spectacularly. Now, I want to start with Michigan. Remember a couple years ago where people were like, Jim Harbaugh's not the guy? Do you remember that? I was one of a few people, and it was before I started the podcast, but I was one of a few people that said, listen, Jim Harbaugh has done a great job. He took over a bad program That was getting worse every year. First, they had Rich Rodriguez, who struggled to to make a bowl game his last season. He got fired. Then Brady Hoke, who 
had a mirage of a good season by beating a six and seven Ohio State team and getting to a BCS bowl where they beat perennially overrated Virginia Tech in a BCS bowl and then faded and and regressed every year after that. And so seven years of that, that's what Jim Harbaugh walked into. He walked into an Ohio State uh, uh into a rivalry where Ohio State won a national championship the year before. He walked into a program that was setting records for NFL draft picks. And he got beat five years in a row. But as he was doing that, he was upgrading his program every year. And when they couldn't make it work, they made changes, right? Don Brown, the defensive wizard, got destroyed in this game. And then COVID happened. And it was a it was a reset. And Jim Harbaugh the past 2 years has not only beaten Ohio State, he has beat them down by a combined margin of victory of 37 points. But he has also positioned this team to be the Big Ten's most credible playoff contender over the past couple years. And listen, you know, we we can talk about playoff, and right now USC is up on Notre Dame by 10 points. USC has got to lose if Ohio State has any shot of making the playoff. Um, I don't think they should get in. Uh, Ohio State, that is, um, because how bad they lost. But listen... Ohio State, if they go up against Georgia, they're going to get beat by 50 points. I mean, Georgia is, I think Michigan with, is like Michigan squared. And so I don't think Michigan's going to beat Georgia in the playoff. I think Mich- I think Georgia is, is probably a little too good. But I, I'll say this. Michigan can do some things and they've got play playmakers. I, I said, by the way, Donovan Edwards, I was like, I, I, I thought with the busted hand, he would struggle. And granted first three and a half quarters, he did not do a ton, but he sure iced the game. That dude is a baller, right? And so what happened? How did this game? Anyway, so you had that, I'm going off, script a little bit, but Jim Harbaugh is, you know, he started this this series in a world of hurt, but in a lot of ways, he had to work up this way, right? He had to work up to it because Michigan was so far down that they, they had to build up to get to where Ohio State was. And now he's got them on a press on the precipice of a second consecutive playoff. Uh, in fact, I think they're going to make the playoff even if they lose to Purdue, which they won't. We're, we'll talk about that later in the show. And so Michigan has done a great job. And, and I want to talk specifically about the adjustments. You know, Jesse Minter, phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Holding... Holding Ohio State to three points in the second half was just in well done. 
for them. I mean, just shut them down. And I thought Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss did a great job. You know, obviously they exploited the the man coverage, the zero coverage that Ohio State kept running early in the first half. And they used it to open up running lanes in the second half. They used the quarterback run. I, I thought they just called an impeccable game. They were composed. They were confident. They were disciplined. They were so well coached. And they got every ounce of talent out of that offensive line. You know, the, the defense wasn't, their defense was not spectacular, but they were disciplined. And sometimes that's that's what wins you ball games. And they made the plays when they needed to. And they made them in the second half, especially. And so I, I just really impressed by Michigan, really impressed by their composure and their just their physicality. They are a physical, physical football team. And if it ends up being Georgia, Michigan in the uh, national championship game, I, I think Georgia would win that, but I don't think it would be like last year's semifinal. Like, I think Michigan could really hang. Uh, I'd, I'd pick Georgia to win at this point because I, I, I think push comes to shove. I think, listen, Georgia's secondary is certainly miles ahead of Ohio State's secondary. They couldn't get away with some of the stuff that they did today to Ohio State uh, against Georgia's secondary. But I think Michigan could hang for sure. And I think, you know, again, the, the receivers are inconsistent, but they, they've got they've got guys who can make plays. So, again, I, I wouldn't say Michigan's receiving core is going to be the anywhere close to the best that Georgia has faced, but they are a good football team. They are well coached and they are they are physical. And listen, you bring those three things you can win a lot of football games, and I think they could probably hang pretty tough against a Georgia team that I don't think is as explosive as last year and isn't as sturdy defensively. They're, they're still really good defensively, but they're not, they're not last year's Georgia team. So that – and listen, the offensive line – gosh, Michigan's offensive line is just – it's beautiful. It's so good. Um and so congrats to Michigan, you know, heart, heartfelt congratulations from this Buckeye. Um, I think Michigan has a lot to look forward to because I think one of the things about this game too is just the recruiting. You know, there was a lot of bad press after kind of some of the shenanigans in the offseason, you know, is Harbaugh going to go to the NFL and Josh Gaddis is leaving and Mike McDonald's leaving. Ah, da, 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 da. Listen, Michigan's rolling right now. And if, if recruits, I mean, recruits are going to start going to Michigan over Ohio State. It's already started, but, you know, get, getting Will Johnson, getting several others. Michigan is firmly atop the Big Ten, and I'm not sure it's going to change for a while. Which leads me to the other team, my beloved Buckeyes, who I'm just going to, I want to be rational as I say this, because there, there's a lot, a lot of people on social media saying fire Ryan Day, 
fire Jim Knowles. Um, and I don't know if I would go that far. Um, but at some point, and I've said this multiple times, and I've said it about Scott Frost, said it about Kirk Ferentz, I've said it, about, said, said it about a number of coaches. At some point, you are who you are. Ryan Day has had one great game against a top five team. And that was Clemson. Now, before you say, well, what about Notre Dame? Notre Dame is down uh, 10 to USC at half, and they lost to Marshall, and they lost to Stanford. Notre Dame's a good team. They're, they're not a top five team, ultimately. They're just not, right? So, I mean a top five team by the end of the year. That's what I mean. A playoff caliber team. Notre Dame was not a playoff caliber team. Ryan Day's won one. And he has been entirely too tight in every other game that he has coached, including the last two rivalry games. And the team takes after their coach. They were undisciplined. They were sloppy. They had more false start penalties than the away team. That is absurd. And it was by their two best offensive linemen. Right? Like, critical drops at key moments. Right? Cade Stover, you know, on a fourth and two, should have had that ball. It was it was a little inaccurate. But his hand was on the football, right? Um, Marvin Harrison had a big drop. That was his first drop of the season. You can't do that. You just can't. You had the drops. You had penalties. You had personal uh, personal foul penalties, unnecessary roughness penalties. And then Ryan Day, just the conservative play calling especially in the second half. It's like, what are you doing? You know, they were, they were up in the, the 42 yard line or some 42, 45. It was fourth and six. They got it to a fourth and six from a first and 35 because of the stupidity of some of their, of some of their players. And he punts. It's like, what are you doing? You, you're down 11 and you've got to get back in this ball game, or maybe they were just down four at that point. But it's like you don't have time. They figured you out, and instead he punts. It, it, it was just mind-boggling, and I I should have known better as a picker. Um, I picked Ohio State to win this game, and I own up to that. I picked them to win. Actually, honestly kind of to a similar score. And in some ways, Ohio State owned this, should have owned this game in the first half. They, you know, the missed tackle on the one touchdown, inexcusable. Cam Brown's a senior, inexcusable. But we've seen it. Like, we, we've seen that happen multiple times. Happened in the Penn State game, Right? And so they didn't fix it. Um, just so many mistakes. 
I, I commented to my uncle who I was watching the game with at some point, this, this game should have been, if, if Ohio State actually executed, it should have been like 27 to 10 at half, maybe 34 to 10 at half. Instead, it's 20 to 17. And I knew right then we were in trouble. Like, I knew Ohio State was in trouble at that point because you had to get, you had to crush their spirit early. But they let them hang around and hang around and hang around. It was Clemson 2019, except Ohio State's defensive backs are not Jeff Akuda and Damon Arnett, Jordan Fuller. And they, they got pulverized in the second half. And quite honestly, I think the team quit on them. And that's, I don't blame the players. That's on Ryan Day. And he is proving the quote that he was born on third base. Because you know who got a fully loaded team? Who had a track record of beating the team up north? Ryan Day. Urban was 7-0. and They were just on the cusp of the playoff in 2017 and 2018. They had loaded recruiting classes. Beat Michigan in 2019. And now, can't even beat them. Now, Michigan's gotten better. I'm I'm not, by no means am I knocking Michigan. Michigan very much earned this win. But there's a difference between losing close and losing like they did today. This was a beatdown. And the way he talks about, even after after the game, the way he talked about the game, the way C.J. Stroud talked about the game, it was like, well, you know, we, we prepare for this game. But Day had the audacity to say, well, but, you know, I still think if we got in the playoff, we'd be dangerous. That tells me, and this is me as a fan, that tells me you don't get it. Like, as a Buckeye fan, I don't want you in the playoff. Because you failed in the one thing you were supposed to do, which is beat the team up north. And so, I'm not saying he needs to be fired, but I've seen this before, and I've lived it as, as a kid, but it was John Cooper in the 90s. All the draft picks, all the talent, all the big names can't get it done on on the last November or last Saturday of November. You you want to be in the playoff? You want to get in that game? Beat the team up north. You didn't do it. And quite honestly, he needs to shut his mouth. And and this is something this is something I've, I've that's. I haven't talked about it a lot on the podcast. I am tired of this team talking. And I talked about all year how we circled this day and we do all this stuff and uh, we're going to practice toughness. And you don't, you don't tell me that you're going to be tough. Just do it. Like, just do it. Right? Like, that's not what you do. Like, that's not how you set a culture. Like, sure, you can say that you're going to you're going to work on being tough, but at the end of the day, 
It's about what you live, breathe. It, 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 it boggles my mind. And I love C.J. Stroud. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the league. But for him to say, well, I don't think this game defines us. I'm sorry. Uh, it absolutely defines you. You know why J.T. Barrett is going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks in Ohio State history? Because he was 4-0. You want to know why Troy Smith, despite the fact that he had that massive debacle in Arizona, is beloved by Buckeye fans? Because he went 3-0. You know why Craig Krenzel is remembered more than guys like Bobby Hoeing and Joe Germain and a whole bunch of other Ohio State quarterbacks? Craig Krenzel's remembered because he tipped the scales back in Ohio State's favor in the rivalry game. And Krenzel, no offense, he stunk. <laughs> like, he stunk. Like, we won a national championship in spite of him, not because of him, right? But, and I, listen, I, I'm not trying to, I, I love Craig. He's great. You know, had big moments for, for the Buckeyes. Um, but, you know, when, when the biggest thing that they talk about in the pregame show is the fact that you're a molecular biologist, you know, you're, you're not the game changer, right? Like, that's, that's, that's not it. And so, like, Stroud is a better quarterback than all, than all those guys, right? Better than Troy Smith. Better than uh, JT Barrett. Better than Craig Krenzel. He ain't going to be remembered like them. Like, Sorry. And, and that's not a dig at him. It's the, the issue for me is what, if, what is the, the culture like in that program that you can't get it through these kids' heads that you, you are remembered for what you do in this game. And so I'm tired of the talk. Undisciplined, sloppy, and it's been all season. They've played with their food all season long. And I thought, I'm like, you know, at some point they're going get, to get it together. But you know what? At some point you are who you are. And this has been Ohio State for the past several several years, 2020, 2021, 2022, is that when they put it together, they look dynamite. Ryan Day's not wrong. Put them in a playoff. They might, you know, they, they might pull an upset. I'd put that at about 2%. Like, they might go on a run against Georgia. Might It might be the miracle on ice. Probably not. I'd like USC a lot more against Georgia than Ohio State at this point. And, and last but not least, you know, I think Jim Knowles, I like Jim, I think Jim Knowles is still a good hire. I, I don't, he, he needs to get things together. But I'll tell you what, defensive backs coach are off. I mean, I don't know what they're teaching their their corners and their safeties, but this ain't it. You know, Perry Eliano and uh uh forget Tim Walton, they got one year to fix this. Denzel Burke has regressed, a bunch of their other corners have regressed. They gotta get that working, otherwise they are out. And I'll tell you what, Ryan Day's seat's starting to heat up. I'm again I'm not saying he should be fired. But if he goes three straight losses, which I think is probably going to happen, 
might be time to start looking at other jobs. Because that's not going to fly in Columbus. It's just not. And I get people are saying, well, he's, but he's 45 and 4, 45 and 5. How could you say that? Because look who he's beaten. You don't get... You don't get to prop your record when half your games are Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana. No offense to those programs, but it's just you. When you've got 40 NFL guys on your roster, 30 NFL future NFL guys on your roster, you're measured by these games. Like, sorry. So, I. It's. It is what it is. I Again, congratulations to Michigan. Because Michigan did what they needed to do. They took the rival seriously. They pounded the tar out of Ohio State. And they deserve every minute of it. And again, I, I wouldn't pick Michigan against Georgia. But they got a fighting chance. You got Donovan Edwards. You got some time to get him healed up. You got some time to get Blake Corum healed up. Like this is, this is a really, really good, good team. It's a really good roster. And you know Georgia, Georgia's not as good as they were last year. So that's I'm, I'm going to talk briefly about some of the other games that that happened. Uh, Purdue is going going to represent the West. I got the upset wrong. I I picked. Uh, Indiana to upset Purdue and I picked Iowa to win. I was I flip-flopped them. Um and so those are the three games I got wrong. The Ohio State game, the Indiana Purdue game and the Nebraska Iowa game. Uh great job by uh Jeff Brom to to finish this off and get get to Indy. Right? Um this game was a little tenuous at first, right? First half ended 7 to 3 in favor of the Hoosiers. And you're thinking, uh-oh, like, is Illinois going to backdoor their way into this? Um, but Jeff Brom adjusted, and Aiden O'Connell played well. 290 yards, two touchdowns, average 10 yards passing attempt. Uh, the the defense, which I think has been under a little underrated all year long for Purdue, got the job done and really limited Indiana. Um, they made a big defensive play to really ice it late. I think it was 21, I think it was, or no, it was 24 to 10. And they got either, it was either a fumble or an interception return for a touchdown. And they iced the game away. Um, and yeah, just, I thought, I thought Purdue did a great job coming back, getting to Indy. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm glad that it's not a repeat. I don't. Li- I hate rematches in in big Big Ten title games. I'm glad it's not a repeat. I. I don't think Purdue has much of a shot. Like I, I don't like Charlie Jones is good, but he's not. I don't think he's going to offer. I don't think he's going to be able to stretch the field much. I I think. I think Michigan m- might pull a you know similar to last year with Iowa it might be like a 42 to 6 49 to 6 it depends on the health 
again, like, uh, you know, I don't know how healthy Michigan's going to be going to that game. I don't know if they're going to be coming off a high. But the thing is, running game and defense travels. And, yeah, I just don't see Purdue being able to put up much resistance after the second quarter. So I think I think Purdue maybe stays in it early. We'll talk about – I'll break the game down more later this week. But props for Purdue getting there. Uh, is a wild, topsy-turvy year in the Big Ten West. And, you know, I if you had told me a few weeks ago that Purdue was going to be the team that was going to represent the Big Ten, I'd be like, nah, maybe. Probably not. But great job by Jeff Brom. Way to get him there. Um, Minnesota finishes 8-4, and four, defeating Wisconsin 23-16. to 16. Uh, you know, good for Minnesota to go on the road and beat Wisconsin. But I, you know, I, I, I keep saying this with PJ Fleck. I just wonder what could have been, right? They had chances to win more games in the Big Ten. You know, they went eight and four, five and four in the conference. And you know, they lost. You know, lost to Iowa by three. They win that game. Well, Purdue still would have gone to the to Big Ten championship game, but I, you just feel like what could have been. Um, but they still have an eight win season. You know, that's that's not bad. You know, PJ Fleck. I always feel like he could do more, but it's at least. You know, he beat his rival, which is more than what I can say about other people. So, you know, I think Minnesota ends on a high note. They'll they'll get a decent bowl game, probably get a New Year's. I think they'll get a New Year's bowl game. Um, Wisconsin, man. I'm not sure that Jim Leonard... Uh, Jim Leonard was thrown into the fire, right? But, like... It's not like Jim Leonard really did anything special after he got the reins. And part of that's the roster. But, like, he gets hired. He beats Northwestern. And then he loses to Michigan State. Beats Purdue and Maryland. That's, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, good. But then he goes... One and two in the last three, including against his their biggest rivals, and almost loses to Nebraska in the in in uh, in the midst of it as well. And so you go to a bowl game, so that's good. But he goes he goes four and three in his last seven games, and he loses to honestly a bad team in Michigan State, and. Almost loses to Nebraska. Like, I, ah. and I get it. They were not good at the beginning of the year either. But I just, yeah, I just think it's, uh, yeah. I don't have anything else to say. Wisconsin has just been a, a, a pretty big disappointment this year. Uh, and there's apparently some rumors that Braylon Allen might be looking to go somewhere else for his, his junior year, which would be a big blow. Quite honestly, um, so I think things are not trending in the right direction for Wisconsin, and 
yeah, I'm not I'm not sure Jim Leonard's gonna be the guy. I get that he's the young he's the young coach, but I'm still not sure about that. Not, still not sure about Paul Christ. Again, I'm, I've I've softened my stance on Paul Christ and the firing, but uh, I don't know. Maryland or not Maryland and Rutgers, uh, Illinois Northwestern. Uh, Illinois finished off I think a really good year for the Illini. You know, remember last year they went five and seven. They go eight and four and just miss out on a Big Ten West crown. In some ways, they have a they. You know, they need they can look at themselves and blame themselves losing to Indiana, losing to Michigan State. You know, they they win one of those two games. They're they're in Indy. So on one hand, it feels a little disappointing. But I think on, on the flip side, I don't think anyone expected Illinois to even be this close, right? Like I think I said on my on the best case, worst case all the way back in August, that I thought Illinois' best case scenario was eight wins. And so I, this is a, is a great season. And if you told me that they would beat Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, you know, before the season, I'd be like, that that's a really good year. And that's what they did, right? They and they they took Michigan, this Michigan team to 19 to 17. Like I listen, Brett Bielema has a lot to be proud of of his team. And granted, they faded a bit down the stretch, but this is a this was a good team that fought hard and yeah I'm I'm excited to see what Illinois does in the future. I think Bielema is on the rise. He knows how to win in this conference. He knows how to win. He knows how to build a program that may not get the talent that other programs might get. Um last I'm going I'm just going to end with Penn State, Michigan State. Penn State won I fairly comfortably. 35 to 16. I got to watch a good chunk of this game. And yeah, Michigan State just with anybody against anybody with a pulse, it, it's it just looks hard. And Penn State struggled a bit. I think the loss of Parker Washington really was tough, but they were opening some running lanes. Uh they didn't they didn't average too much too many yards per carry, but you know, Catron Allen got his, Singleton got his. Um Theo Johnson, I think, had two touchdowns early, so good for him. Clifford had a great senior day, 19-24 for four touchdowns. Um, So it was was a great day for Clifford, who has just – I know that that Clifford, a lot of people are polarized on Clifford, but at the end of the day, he has given his blood, sweat, and tears for Penn State – He's been a good ambassador for that program. And I know people want Drew Alar, but 10-2 and two against uh, – with a big win over I, – I know Auburn is not good, but to go down to Auburn and beat the, the, the stuffing out of them, you know, taking, taking Ohio State to the limit and, and losing only to Ohio State and Michigan, that's, that's not a bad season, especially with – what you lost last year, and I think what you're building towards next year. I, if I'm honest, I think 
next year, I might say that the top three teams, or the top two teams, are Michigan and Penn State. I do not. I I think Penn State is going to be a problem next year. Drew Allar, Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen. I know they lose their their first round tackle, but watch out for Penn State next year. I think they're going to be really really tough. Um, that that'll do it for the recap. I uh, just as a as a fan, as an Ohio State fan, for the all you Michigan folks out there. Feel free to give me all the all the crud you want to give me for picking Ohio State. I I deserve all the all, all the all the shaming. I guess I maybe don't shame me too much, but in all seriousness, hats off to you guys uh, to to Michigan. They they played their tails off. Big Ten East champions. Congrats to the Purdue Boilermakers, the Big Ten West champions. You guys. Uh, I know I've not been maybe as charitable as I was last year in the Big Ten West, but in all seriousness, Purdue for 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 them to battle and persevere, and they you know they had a tough draw in the conference uh, with Penn State, um, getting Penn State early that was that was just tough, but they they persevered, they kept going, and they at the end of the day. They got to the Big Ten Championship game. And so that'll be a fun one. We'll, we'll definitely uh, talk about that one more later this uh, later next week. Until then, this is Zach Guggenheim for the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast signing off. Take care. God bless.